Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in ed tech and K-12 education this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. On this episode, we explore the unfortunate but very real issues of dealing with trauma and burnout for both students and teachers, for all the recent reasons dominating the national conversation. You know, one thing that has become very clear during the pandemic is that zero learning gets done unless the learning environment is safe and healthy for everyone. Technology might not be the first tool you think of that can help this situation, but these stories posted to eSchool News last week show that it can. First, check out the article entitled Three Key Actions for Trauma-Informed Student Supports. It's written by Curtis Linton. He's the executive director of U.S. Safeguarding, And he puts out a very strong argument for dealing with these daunting problems. He writes, most every K-12 teacher or administrator can anecdotally describe the mental health and wellness challenges their students now face. Statistically, it's overwhelming. More than one third of high school students report they experienced poor mental health during the pandemic, and 44% reported they felt persistently sad or hopeless during the past year. The degree and types of trauma students now face can be measured as adverse childhood experiences, ACEs, that demand deliberate and focused school-based supports that can mitigate the ACE's impact on a student. We have talked for years about the challenges students face, but it is now time to actually support systems that not only re-engage, but keep students engaged in their learning. He then goes on to list a number of action points. Number one, monitor student behaviors. He writes, the first important step educators can take to mitigate student trauma is to monitor how students are doing and keep records on changes or unusual behaviors. While writing notes and discussing mental health needs in team meetings are a step in the right direction, software can make it simple for staff to securely record and manage non-academic concerns such as bullying, harassment, mental health, self-harm, hardship, or neglect. Number two, case-manage students' needs. He writes, as we monitor student behavior and recognize trends, it's important to equitably case-manage these responses to each student's need. Rather than asking what's wrong with this student, ask what's happened to the student and what do we need to do to support them? This is the basis of good case management deliberately tracking and monitoring all steps of the student support process to assure that the support has the impact intended. Again, data is driving these decisions. And then finally, analyze the student support data. He writes, when non-academic student support data is collected school or district-wide, it becomes an invaluable data bank that can show what intervention has had the most impact. Also, what resources are needed to assure every student can stay engaged in their learning. Just as we will use academic data to address unfinished learning in reading, math, and other core subjects, we can use the data about non-academic needs to guide our work in supporting students. I find it really intriguing. I mean, it's it, again, it's not something that you would think of initially, that the data, the same data as you would collect for you know, the assessment of math and and reading assignments. But reading this piece, I think, makes a pretty good argument. Be sure to check it out. 
Next, Dr. Lori Cure. She's the CEO of Innovative Connections. And Alyssa Bennett, she's a leadership consultant and content specialist for Innovative Connections, contributes a piece called Six Ways Administrators Can Address Teacher Burnout in Their Schools. I'll tease you with three here. Number one, assess and determine contributing factors. They write, we might think we have all the answers to combat burnout, but this unrelenting stressor is complex. We use the MassLax burnout inventory to measure burnout in three domains, emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and personal accomplishment. Number two, they write, it's important to understand that resilience just scratches the surface. We place a great deal of importance on the increasing resilience to manage burnout and compassion fatigue. For example, offering teachers mental health support or counseling resources or suggestions for meditation and stress management apps. These are excellent approaches to build self-resilience in an increasingly complex world. Yet while these tactics allow us to focus on what is in our control, they fail to address the underlying variables that lead to teacher burnout and resignation. And then finally, break down barriers that restrict change beyond the classroom. Small changes can have a big impact, they write. One school we worked with asked teachers what everyday activities caused additional stress. Surprise classroom visits from the school's principal surfaced as a primary stressor. To relieve some of this pressure, the school changed the policy to allow teachers to schedule those visits with the principal. Such a, a pure elemental process to ask people what stresses them out, you answer it and you address it. I think it's, it's pretty important stuff. And again, these are only half the suggestions uh, that they write. Go up on the homepage to get the full list. It's really important stuff. I also recently had the pleasure to discuss these issues in the big picture with Jennifer Reed. She's the Director of Clinical Services for the Mental Health Services Department at Dallas Independent School District. Tammy Breck Dunbar, she's a teacher at Lincoln Elementary in the Manteca Unified District in California. And Mark Sparville, he's the Director of Education Marketing at a little software company called Microsoft. This idea of well-being, it directly affects students' motivation, their engagement and learning, also has a very long-term impact. These skills such as self-awareness and self-management are also critical for effective collaboration and learning. Supporting overall student and educator well-being creates a foundation for equitable education environments. Here's a snippet of how these concepts work out in the everyday teaching and learning experiences in the classroom for these professionals. Have a listen. In um, our particular department, we've continued to try and advance the mental health space um, is what we have really been doing. And so leveraging telehealth through teams, utilizing bookings to be able to have those interactions and scheduled interactions with students or parents or families. I think that um, the scaling and the, the socialization piece is so important in any, no matter whether it's my space or uh, not my space, but in what I'm referring to, um, I guess there might be some people on the call that are too young <laughs> to know what my space is. I was going to say, showing our age there. <laughs> 
um, for my space it, or my, my work stream or for Tammy's work stream. But the socialization piece is so important. And what that means is showing, identifying those champions and really helping to expand that, showing how this particular tool, you're able to utilize it to make it, not only make your work more efficient, but make it a better experience for kids, make it a better experience for families. Our Microsoft team has been really uh, so helpful in helping us in that socialization, teaching our staff to, to say, this is how this is going to make your work better so you can spend more time with kids. And so that is, that's the ultimate goal to be able to bring these efficiencies, to be able to identify what those kids' needs are, to be able to uh, not have to play so much of a guessing game. Of course, this is a, a digital platform. This is a, this isn't the, uh, your traditional one-to-one -one human connection. Um, but what it does do, I would say, is that it enables, it meets kids where they are because they are digital natives and they are used to communicating feelings and just their, their overall uh, social network can be online. And so a lot of times where we as adults might not be as comfortable expressing our feelings online, they do so pretty readily. And so I think that helps with the socialization and the utilization piece where teachers are able to, hey, everybody at one snap at a glance and a, a child doesn't have to call themselves out in, in front of a classroom, right? The teacher can follow up in a quiet space later to really help to create that safety, that felt safety. So that way a, a student, to back to Tammy's point, builds that relationship and to Mark that continues to develop, help them develop that language for those SEL pieces um, to overall, it, it kind of brings it full circle to help with that, that scaling piece. Be sure to check out the entire conversation in the webinar section of eSchool News. It's under the title, Fostering Student Wellbeing with Microsoft Education Solutions. And that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eSchoolNews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the EdTech space. E-School News is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for E-School News.